I was around 23 when I walked into the hospital and realized in that moment that my mother would not be around for another week. It was the first time I had ever had that thought. My mother's been sick most of my life, but the very first time I had the thought that she wouldn't be around next week was when I walked into the hospital. Now, she didn't die. She would have gone through a series like that several times, at least a half a dozen times since then, moments where I was absolutely certain that she would die. But this was the first time, and I was young. And I walked into the hospital and started to weep over my mother. And this was strange to me because, A, I'm a Puerto Rican guy who doesn't cry. That's an important thing to know about me. Now I cry at the drop of a hat. Now it's like I'm a sap. But back then, I was really macho. And so I was there, and I was, I was weeping what felt like three days, but it was only probably about an hour or an hour and a half. And I was trying to collect my thoughts. I figured that if I could just get all the tears out, then I could be, what is it? Strong for her. I wanted to be strong. So I, I cried my tears, and I collected my thoughts, and I went upstairs, and I uh, went on my mission to encourage her. And I stepped into the room. Have you ever stepped into a room where the air is different? Yeah. I stepped into the room, and, and Jesus was there long before I ever got there. And I sat down, and in my most focused way, was going to encourage my mother. And in that moment, she spoke words of encouragement to a young man who thought he had a whole lifetime ahead of him. And she, on her deathbed, did not think she had another week ahead of her. You ever met somebody like that? Someone who in the dark moments of life, in the moments of suffering and pain, in the moments where everything seems to be falling apart, stands strong in the midst of it all, like, like a light tower being crushed by waves, but standing firm in the sea to shed light on the ships passing by. You ever met somebody like that? People who go through the storm and look soaking wet, but when you look a little closer, are bone dry. You ever met somebody like that? People like this, when we meet them, we find that they live on another level, that they are following Christ, that they have a, a rest that is not their own, that they have a trust that they didn't create for themselves, that they have a, a rock on which to stand that seems a little bit more secure than the little pebbles that we seem to be standing on. She, she was like that to me. I share that story with you because I think that that's something that we want for all of us. All of us want to be a hero during difficult circumstances. Because in the end, and I mean the end of life. In the end, we won't be visiting a deathbed, we'll be occupying one. In the end, 
We won't be sharing comforting words to someone who will pass. We'll be receiving them from someone else who will probably move on after us. In the end, we will all go through dark moments of the soul where we wonder what has happened, and we will need a faith that is bigger than hope so and think so. We will need a faith as big as Christ. That's why we're going to go through the text we're going to go through today. Because you and I are going to go through circumstances that are going to be so earth-shattering, that are going to go through some things that are so painful that we're going to need something bigger than willpower to get through. We're going to need something bigger than hope so to get through. We're going to need something bigger than I think that's true to get through. We're going to need a faith as big as God, and only a faith in God will be able to secure us through All of us will go through dark times. All of us. You're faithful in Christ. You hate any concept of God. All of us will need strength beyond our own. My prayer is that today you would see Jesus as fulfilling and satisfying and beyond all you can imagine or think and strong enough to even endure those moments of life that are devastating beyond all compare. But you know what's true? God knew that you and I, every one of us, would go through a circumstance like that. God knew that every one of us would experience a circumstance where life feels like it's just overwhelmed us. Like marriage did not play out the way we thought it would. Like the children didn't come out the way we raised them to go. Like The job wasn't as secure as we thought it would be. And the health didn't endure for as long as we thought it should. All of us, all of us will go through this. And God knows this about us. And so he gives us a text to remind us that while everything else may fail, he will not. To remind us that while everything else will crumble, he will still be strong. To remind us that while everything else will not reach the finish line, he has not only reached the finish line, but is himself that line. In moments like that, God put the word to give us assurance that we too can get through and come out shining brighter than stars. Are you convinced that you're going to go through those dark times? I'm telling you, you are. You are. Only only the young and the naive, only those who have clouded themselves from all reality don't believe what I just told you. But God knows that about you. God knows that your church is going to disappoint you. God knows that your health and your marriage, God knows that everything that you hold dear will no longer be. God knows that. And so, because of that, God gives us these scriptures. And you know why? Because he loves you so. And he never wants you to forget. Never forget in the dark what he's taught you in the light. Never. 
God wants us to be unshakable and immovable. And so today we're going to find out that the unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal. And it isn't until you get that that you'll be able to go through difficult times in life. So let's look at our text. Our text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let me tell you a little bit about it before we read it. Paul, an apostle, one who was sent out, a messenger from Jesus, is writing this text to the Corinthian church, a church in the middle of a city that desperately needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ, much like our city. And Paul tells them, in the middle of a chapter on servanthood, in the middle of a passage, rather, on servanthood, chapter 12, 13, and 14, in 13, he gives them what they need to know about serving and its love. Let me tell you something. The Beatles sung this like almost 50 years ago. Right? Anybody know how it goes? All you need is love. Do the horns. Da, da, na, na. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We, it was true then, it's true today. But the love that we need is not this sappy, self-centered, me-first kind of love. The love that we need is an eternal love that will never fail and never fade. The love that we need is love beyond us. It's love of Christ. That's the love that we need. So Paul tells us these things in chapter 13, and we're going to look at the end of 13. Now, it is our tradition to stand at the reading of God's word, because God is holy, other, and wonderful. And we stand in reverent awe of him and his word. So, we'll read it together. On account of three, all the beautiful people, only the beautiful people read out loud, okay? <laughs> all the beautiful people read out loud, and you're going to read with a nice, loud, strong voice. We'll read it together, okay? One, two, three. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And, oh, you didn't, we didn't go to 13. Okay, I'll share that with you. Please have a seat. This is God's word. Okay, my bad. And the last verse, because I didn't think we were going to get to it, but we will probably get to it. So I'll tell you, okay? I'll tell you what it is. And it says, and now these three remain. Anybody know what remains? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All you need is love. La, na, na, na. Paul tells us 
Love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails, and it never will. It never did, and it never will. Love never fails, and then, but that's the only point that he's trying to make. Honestly, you could leave right now. That's the point that he's trying to make. Love never fails. That in the midst of life, that in the midst of your circumstances, that when troubles arise, when difficulties come, when you feel like you have no more energy or you feel like the strongest person in the world, I want you to know, Christ wants you to know, love never fails. Ever. And then he describes and illustrates the point. He says, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Man, that's good to know. That's really good to know. What Paul is speaking about here, and we're going to take, okay, I was actually going to take a a week per verse. This is a very, you're glad that I'm not doing that, I know. Um, But this is an unbelievably dense passage, and honestly, you could stay here for an eternity. This is a very profound passage, but I'm going to try to do a quick look at some details, and then I'm going to fly out, okay? So Paul is going back to the gifts that these Corinthians thought were so noble and were the big deal gifts. Prophecies, speaking in tongues, and uh, knowledge. In other words, if you had these, you were the, you were the Grammy Award winning talent person. You were the person who had the limelight gifts, the person who was in the front, the person on the stage, the person who everybody looked at. And Paul is saying, listen to me, these gifts come and they go. These gifts come and they go. Don't, these are not the gifts that you should be vying for, that you should be fighting for, that you should be clamoring for. No, 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 no. Instead, fight to be the most loving. Instead, and we talked about that in the other chapter, in the other part of the chapter, so I'm not going to go over what we've already studied. But Paul is saying, listen to me. Don't worry about these little gifts. If I was going to put this in a, if I was going to put this in a, a phrase, I would say this. Love never fails to prioritize the important. That's what verses 8 through 10 are saying. Love never fails to prioritize the important. In other words, listen to me. What is important is not our image, our reputation, what others think about us. What is important is that Christ be glorified and others be overjoyed at our love in their lives. We talked about that in the second week where we defined, well, what is real love? How do you love others? Well, it's easy. The way you love others, because our love is so fickle. The reason we have to define this is because our love is so fickle and we're so codependent and we're such a broken people that we think that loving people means harming them as well. It's the mother who doesn't give any consequences to her child who's been using drugs for 20 years. Securing him from the consequences, not understanding that the love that she calls love is really hurt. It's the, it's the girl who uh, gives herself, the young girl who gives herself to the guy who says that he loves her, but he can't be with her because she won't, 
give him what he wants. He goes, no, 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 I'll give you what you want. And she doesn't understand that her love is hurting herself and the boy. Love doesn't look that way. Love looks like it glorifies God. This is going to glorify God, and it's going to bring joy. And sometimes, remember what we said about joy? Sometimes it doesn't look like joy in the very beginning, right? When you tell your kid, you can't go to that party. That doesn't look like joy when they respond to you. Isn't that true? Right? That is like, wow, that doesn't look like joy at all, right? That looks like something other than joy. In fact, I think they might be practicing incantations in their room and have like a little doll with needles that they're putting in me. That doesn't look like joy. But the fact is, you and I know that you're protecting them. from some, So it's bringing God glory, and it'll eventually bring them glo- joy. So you know, sometimes joy is not as immediate as sin. So... Um, If I was going to say that three verses in a nutshell, I would say love never fails to prioritize. Now, how does that flow within this um, prioritize what's important? How does that flow within this church? Listen to me. That means that in this church, we don't fight to be the front runner. That in this church, you know what we fight for? To be the greatest servant. Who can be the greatest servant? Who's going to be, you know what? No, you stop serving. I'm going to serve. No, you stop serving. I'm going to serve. That's not, not who can get to the highest level of leadership. and not to, In fact, we think of this so important in our leadership circles. We stopped calling it leaders in, de, uh, in development. Like our leadership meetings, we start calling them um, servants in action. Servants in development. Servant development. Because we want to raise up servants. Are you too good for that? God is telling us that he wants us to prioritize what's important. And in this church, if you want to show the most love, you're going to have to serve. If you want to be the most, the most, let me tell you something, the most mature person in this room is not the person who could speak best with a microphone on. The mature, maturest person in this room is the person who loves the best. And I don't even come in the top ten in this church. There are some world-class lovers who love well here in this community. But love prioritizes what's important. Say that with me. Love prioritizes what's important. Yeah. And then secondly, Paul goes into verse 11. Let's look at it. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Paul is illustrating the point that uh, that he just made about love never failing. And if I was going to put this in a a simple phrase, I would say love never fails to mature the childish. It never fails to mature the childish. Now, this is really important for all of us who struggle. Everybody here who struggles with something, what I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand and tell us what you struggle with. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. Uh, there's only like two of you who are like, yeah, man, I'll tell you. I'll t- give me the mic. I'll tell you what I struggle with. Yeah, I know. Because um, it's recovery house of worship. All right. So, no, but right. No, but right. Most of us recoil from that, right? Like, we don't want, we're not trying to tell nobody. I'm not trying to tell nobody, right? You trying to tell people what your weaknesses are? No, thank you very much. I will wear my suit, and I ain't showing you nothing else. This is as good as I look. I wake up like this, right? That's how I walk around, right? And so, but that's not true. That's not true. You and I know that you and I struggle with things that are so dirty and so dark that we don't want to even tell our spouses. I mean, it's, it's 
everything from the man who hides um, bottles of liquor all throughout the house so that the wife doesn't, and, and you know, right, if it's not bottle, like fill in the blank, right, you know, bottles or whatever, um, all throughout the house, or, 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 or the, the, you know, the, the, the mother who um, goes to the prescription, um, goes to the doctor for a prescription that she doesn't need, right? It's, we all struggle with things. What, what's your struggle? Let me name a few. Let me name a few. Maybe you spend what you don't have. Maybe you spend to the degree and you don't have it to the degree that it's becoming a physical problem. In other words, you're getting anxieties, you're getting fears, you're afraid to go to the mailbox. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe, maybe you try to get your identity in the work that you do, and so you don't go home because you don't get the respect that you think you deserve at home, so you stay at work to try to get the, deserve, the respect that you think you get at work. It makes you feel better, and you're just killing and losing this great opportunity to raise your children and love your wife and love your husband. Or Maybe that's you. What do you struggle with? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a past that's so broken. Maybe you've been sexually abused, verbally abused, physically abused. I don't know. Maybe it's a past, and so when you come up, you just go, everybody goes, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing just fine. Don't ask me anything more because I'm doing fine. And inside, you are broken and insecure. Let me tell you something. Don't think like a child. We're all broken and insecure. We've all gone through pain that we can't quite describe. We've all gone through pain. Let me tell you something. God allows us to have this pain so that we might, through the pain in Christ, glorify him and bring joy to others. You go, but you don't understand. I failed miserably at this, or I am a failure. God only has failures to use. You failure? Are you a failure? It's neat. Because Jesus only uses failures. You, can, you qualify to be used by Jesus. Are you, have you been broken? Are you struggling with something? I don't know. Is it overeating? Is it undereating? Is it eating and then purging? Is it, is it um, shopping? Like, you know, right? There's a million of them. Is it a sexual addiction? Is it not knowing your identity? What is it? What is it that you struggle with that you think you have to fake in front of everybody else? Stop thinking like a child. Listen to me. Children, only children think that when they close their eyes, think that everything else disappears. Because you don't show it to the rest of the world, then it must not really be there. Beloved, it's not true. I love you. I'm your pastor. I love you. I'm going to tell you this as loving and as truthful as I can. Your struggles will not always be. You know, those of you who can't seem to get more than two weeks from drinking or using, do you know that one day, one day, you're going to be as free from that as a bird is from the ground? One day. You know, those of you who struggle with your... Those of you who struggle with fear and insecurity and anxiety, do you know that one day you will be as bold as a climber of mountains? One day. Those of you who struggle with things that you keep on falling to over and over again, whether it be food or crack or whatever it is, one day 
You know why? Because when you're in Christ, when you're in Christ, love never fails to mature the childish. Never. You go, but you don't understand. You don't understand. Look, we've, you know, we've been struggling. You know, my marriage, we've been struggling and we've been struggling and we try to do better and then we relapse into falling into this old behavior. And you go, listen, listen, beloved, it's because you're thinking like a child. Love, what, 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 what does Paul say? He's saying, love never fails. You think love is going to fail in your marriage? No, beloved, didn't he say it? Love never fails. You think love is going to fail in your addiction? No. Love never fails. Do you think that love is going to fail in uh, your workplace or in anything? No, 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 listen to me. Love never fails. Love never fails. So even if you find yourself struggling now with something that you've never had victory over, you can take courage. You can take courage. It won't always be like this. Because love in Christ... Who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to Christians. If you don't know Jesus, this is something that I want to make you salivate over. Because if you're not in Christ, do the best you can. Work hard. Do better. Try harder. Go for yours. But if you're in Christ, you can rest assured. Love never fails. Never fails to bring to maturity the childish. And then Paul goes on. You see how profound this is? It just goes even deeper, but we don't have time. Verse 12. Look at verses 12 and 13. I think we only have 12, but I'll try to get... Oh, I think we have 13. All right, so for now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully... Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. love. If I was going to put that in a nutshell, I would say not only in the first verse, in the first two verses that we looked at, 8 and 10, not only would we say love never fails to prioritize the important, and love never fails in verse 11 to mature the childish, you know, love never fails to clarify the confusion. Love never fails. Do you see it there? For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part it's fuzzy. I'm not clear. I don't have the whole picture. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now it's like looking through a dirty glass. You know, you see images and you kind of get some stuff, but eh, it's all a mystery. But then, then it'll be as clear. Now, I want to speak to a special group, okay? Now, this special group is around the world, and I'm going to speak to you as well. We have a video that goes, really, all over the world in different continents. So let me speak to the broader audience. You've been going through a great deal of suffering. And you think, in fact, that you're cursed. You've, you've adopted this idea that the pain that you've gone through is proof that God doesn't want anything to do with you. And so you walk in that. And you suffer in that. 
And I'm here to tell you that that's not proof. You see through a glass dimly. You don't understand. But Christ has allowed you to watch this message to help you understand that his love will bring about clarity, even in the depths of your confusion. Some of us, some of us are going to go through pain that is so great that it's going to squeeze a why out of us in the loudest possible way. Why? I'm telling you, you're going to go through it. You don't believe me, it's happening. Why? It's the unexplainable. The child that Right? So you have four children. Three of them are smoking crack. One is going to Harvard. On the drive up to, up to Harvard, he gets hit by a drunk driver and dies. Why? You're the picture of health. You're running. You're going to run the marathon in a couple of weeks. And, you know, the doctor, you know, you go in for one final checkup, and the doctor says you can't run because you have cancer, and it's really aggressive. We're in stage four. Why? A person that you've loved and poured your whole life in, you have decided that they want out of the marriage. They go, but why? I gave you all the best years of my life. Why? There are moments that will squeeze a why. And in this moment, Paul is reminding us, some of you, you just came for this. Some of you, the reason that you're here is because you came for this. Now I know in part then. Somebody say then. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Love never fails to clarify the confusion. I don't know why you go through your suffering. I don't know why I go through some of my suffering. I've got stories. You've got stories. Isn't it true? I could tell you stories of suffering that I've gone through that would bring tears to your eyes. I bet you could do the same thing to me. I don't know why. I don't always know why. Sometimes God gives me clarity, and sometimes it's a mystery. But love never fails. Don't ever think in those moments that love has failed you. Because even if you don't get clarity on this side of eternity, you'll get clarity on the other side of eternity. And sometimes that's all we got, right? Sometimes all we got is the hope that we have. And believe me, beloved, it's enough. It's enough. Love never fails. So let me speak to a few of you, okay? You've been experiencing chronic pain and difficulty in your flesh, in your body. I want you to know that love will never fail, that while this body may expire. And it's important to know this because not every one of our prayers for healing will be answered in the way we want it to. And let me just say this. If we pray for healing a thousand times in a person's life, that, that's just a stay of execution. Do you understand what I mean by it's just a stay? We're all on death penalty, right? We're all on death row, Right? Every one of us is going to die. Anybody here going to, be here, uh, going to be here in the next 100 years? Even the babies that we dedicate today probably won't be here in the next 100 years. They'll be somebody else. Listen to me. This is important. 
Even the healings that you receive now are just temporary, eventually. So we have to have a theology. Recovery House of Worship, listen to me. We have to have a God as big as our suffering. We have to have a God as big as our pain. We have to have a God as big as the circumstances that we can't explain. He has to be bigger than that. And the good news, of course, is that he is. Love never fails to clarify the confusion. Let me talk. Not only to those who suffer in body, but let me talk to you who suffer in mind. There are some of us here who suffer and we think it's the indignity and the shame of mental illness. You know, one in five people in America suffer with mental illness. I wonder what the ratio is in this room. I wonder what we experience here. But we need to be sensitive. And listen, beloved, you don't have to feel shame. I want you to know, listen, I wrestle with depression. I'm not talking about like I get a little bit melancholy on, you know, on uh, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm talking about when I go through a depression, I go through a depression for nine months. Sometimes it's a year and a half. I go through a depression where I don't even feel like getting up out of bed, where in fact, yeah, I go through dark moments of the soul that I can't fully articulate. And there are others of you who think that, man, you don't have enough faith because you go through that stuff. I want to tell you, we're in the same boat. And good news that Jesus doesn't uh, grade us on the amount of faith that we have, but that we have the faith that he's bestowed upon us. And it's his job to grow our faith. And just because we have faith doesn't mean that those, that faith exterminates all illnesses, mental being one of them. So are you here? Are you taking medication? Are you here? Are you going through a depression? Let me tell you something. You go, I don't know why I have to, I don't know why I have to wrestle listening to these voices. I don't know why I have to wrestle, wrestle to get up out of bed to tie. Okay, okay, listen. Just, just put one lace this way. Can you do that? Yeah. Just put the other lace this way. Okay, just twirl it around. Okay, tighten it up. Okay, make the bow. Go in a circle. Put it through the hole and tighten it up. Just, okay, good. Mission accomplished. Can you do the next foot? I don't think I could do the next foot. Okay, just take a break. All right, next foot. I don't care how deep your depression is. I don't care how dark your mental illness is. I don't care how many voices you hear. One day, the confusion will be clarified. One day, your mind that seems so unsound now will sound with the glories of heaven. Your mind that seems like it's rebelling on you presently will one day work in the way that it's always meant to work. Imagine. God is giving us this text because he wants to remind us that the unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal Christ. The unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal Christ. Christ. Let's say that together three times, okay? The unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal Christ. That means when circumstances go beyond us and we feel, man, love never fails. That's right. I can be unshakable and immovable because I see Christ whose love never fails. The eternal Christ. Let's say it again. 
The unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal Christ. That means even though my mind, may, even though I might be immature, even though um, I, I wish I was more uh, grown up than I was, I struggle with self-centered concepts and I want to be first and all that other stuff, that won't always be. Because the unshakable are immovable because they see the eternal life because love never fails. Listen, why? Oh, man. Listen. We got to go. But I want to illustrate this for you because I really want you to get this deeper in you. So if you have five minutes, I'll illustrate this and then um, we'll, we'll close. Is that okay? Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Come up. Come up, sweetie. Yeah, that's you, the pretty one. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about him. Come in. Okay. And I need really big guys. Molly, Mike. All right. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like I need Andrew. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's how it works, right? All right. Um, you're now. You're gonna stand in the middle. Look at me. Okay. Now all you're gonna do is just focus on me. Okay. All right. You stand here. You stand here. You stand here. Okay. Right here. Okay. Or better yet, over here. Stand right there. No. Yep. Danny, stand right there. Facing her. Perfect. Perfect. So here's how it works in life. What Paul just told us is that there's immaturities that you feel will never believe you. But even the immature in Christ will be made mature. Right? That there are circumstances that you feel are overwhelming, pains and sufferings. Paul is saying love will never fail. That there are instances that you don't have explanations for. Love will never fail. Now, she represents you. Okay? Okay. I, as always, will represent Christ. <laughs> of course. Okay. Okay. Now, now, she's a tiny girl, so don't, we're not going to use, so what I want you to do is I just want you to, poke at her this way, okay, on her shoulders. Can you do that? Parents, is that okay? It's not going to be real violent, okay? Because Greg could beat us all up, so, um, okay, is that okay? Like that? All right, so just go like that. Now, when you get poked, you don't, when you get poked, it's a lot tougher than this. No, keep on going. No, I'm like, right, good, right, now watch this. Right, now watch this. It's a lot rougher than this. In fact, when you get poked, you feel like you're being turned around. You're being beaten up. You're being, go now watch this. But the unshakable are immovable. Why? Because they see the eternal. Now, actually, go ahead. Um, you know, poke at her, bump it, right? Now, watch this. Even as they move her around, if she just keeps her eyes on me, she will be able to endure even the difficult time. She might be able to, she might stay in that circle. Listen to me. She might stay there. No, keep on going, guys. No, a little bit tougher than that. She's tougher than that. Okay. So now, watch this. Go ahead. Somebody punch her in the face. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, no. Uh, okay, now, watch this. No, but watch this. This sometimes... For some of you, has lasted 13 years. For some of you, this has lasted for 15, 20 years. And you go, how am I going to survive? Listen to me. The unshakable. You know why you could survive this? Because love never fails. You just keep looking at me. You just keep looking at me. Because one day, one day, even if it's not in this lifetime, one day, what is once faith becomes sight. 
and those things that you experienced before will be no longer. Is that okay? You did great. Thank you. Guys, you did wonderful. Thank you. So now, so why could we be that confident? How can we be that confident? Here's how. The reason we know that love will never fail is because love never did fail. That there was a moment where nobody understood, where the confusion, listen to me, where the childish decided to put nails in the cross of the Messiah. Where the important, the one who was most important, decided, listen to me, that the most important thing wasn't his own blood, but your salvation. The reason that we know, the reason that we can have bold, the Bible says, bold faith, faith that is immovable, faith that is impenetrable, faith that stands in the future, that Christ will relieve us from all the pain and the suffering, that love never fails because love stood on the cross and did not fail to purchase us our salvation. Because because the concrete in which the faith, our faith is poured was poured with blood and not water. And he assures that even your childishness will be matured, that even your priorities will be changed, and that even your confusion will be clarified. Because Jesus didn't fail, we know that he won't fail even when all the pain and suffering is happening around us for years. Let's pray. God, if the truth be told, if the truth be told, sometimes when we st stand in the middle of that problem or the middle of those circumstances where they look so much bigger than us. If the truth be told, we take our eyes off of you, curl up in a ball, and try to figure it out on our own. Lord, this will never do. Lord, would you remind us that the only reason that we can be bold in believing that our faith will never fail is because you are the love that never failed. Your love brought you to a cross, not to a palace. Your love took you to pay for our sins and not punish us for them. Your love endured the shame on the cross so that we might know you. And if you've done that so that we might know you, will you not also keep us? Of course you will. So remind us of this, O oh God. Remind us of this and let us never forget because you are a great God who gives us faith that becomes unshakable and immovable because we see the eternal Christ. For we do pray in Jesus' name, amen.